We are studying the Ten Commandments, and today we arrive at the Ninth Commandment, which is found in the second book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. And this is found on page 54 in the Bible in front of you here in Fairfield. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, the Ninth Commandment reads, You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. In this message series, uh, we've noticed that the Ten Commandments can be split into two parts, two sections, where the first section um, and the first four commands uh, each relate to my relationship with God, while the rest of the commands are horizontal in nature and connect to my relationships with people. This ninth commandment is a key part of God's roadmap for relationships, where God calls me to be relationally honest. And with the rest of God's commands, uh, when God commands me to be honest in my relationships, uh, His design is to guide me into what will most contribute to joy and happiness in life. Uh, in a U.S. News and World Report poll, respondents were asked to uh, choose the most important aspect of a friend, the most important attribute of a friend. And on the list were attributes like kindness and intelligence and sense of humor and common interests. But there was one item on the list uh, that was chosen by over 95% of the respondents as the most important attribute in a friend. Can you guess what that attribute was? 95% polled said that honesty was the most important attribute in a friend. And you're probably not surprised by this statistic because really all this does is confirm what everyone knows instinctively, uh, that the most important element in a friendship is honesty. The most important element in a healthy relationship is honesty. You can have a relationship with someone who is a phony, but it is a waste of time. When you have a relationship with a phony, you don't have a relationship with a real friend. You have a relationship with someone who's playing a role of a friend. And nobody wants that. Uh, deep down, what we all want is to have real relationships where there is no pretense, no politics, and no phoniness. This 95% poll response is proof that we all have the same longing in life. We long for an authentic, genuine, honest friend. But here's the sad truth. Most of us will never have a real, honest friendship, that friendship that we crave, because we're not making an intentional commitment to the Ninth Commandment. Most of us are not ready to receive honesty from others or be authentic or genuine with others. This is a problem. The problem is that uh, while everyone wants an authentic friend, almost no one is willing to commit to relational honesty, the very relational honesty that's required to be an authentic friend. The only way to have an authentic and genuine friend is to be an authentic and genuine friend. And most of us have a hard time 
uh, being honest and receiving honesty. And you may be saying, ah, maybe it's, I don't think it's that hard. Well, uh, if you'd like proof, just, just try this test uh, this week. Sit down with a friend, a good friend, a, a spouse or a coworker who knows you and you're really close to and, uh, and all that, and say something like this. Be totally honest with me. What are my weaknesses? What are the things that really annoy people about me? Uh, go ahead. Uh, tell, tell me what people don't like about me. Go ahead. You can be absolutely honest, and I promise I won't get angry or hold it against you. If you try this, you'll have the fun of watching your friend panic and squirm. You can watch your friend try to bob and weave out of the conversation. It's very entertaining. Uh, if you persist, you'll watch your friend uh, look for ways to escape. Uh, you can watch your friend search his or her mind to try to find something to say that is safe. Uh, I did this. I persisted with a friend. Uh, and finally, my friend in exasperation said, uh, well, you want honesty? You want honesty? Well, here's honesty. Sometimes I think your intelligence gets in the way of your natural charm. <laughs> Which uh, just proves that I'm a perfect human being, right? No, it proves that people don't want to get honest uh, because honesty comes with risks. We'd rather be a little phony in our relationships and keep the status quo than to be a little honest with all the risks that come with that. Honesty is one of those things that I want in my relationships, something I need in my relationships, but sometimes I don't know how to be honest. I don't know when to be honest. And the confusion leads to a lack of commitment to relational honesty. So today, let's let God show us. Let's let God's roadmap show us uh, and give us some clarity on this question. And God's roadmap starts with a serious call to commitment. In the ninth commandment, God calls me to commit to relational authenticity. God calls me to commit to real relationships through my real commitment to be a truthful witness. Uh, the ninth commandment is you shall not give false witness against your neighbor. And according to the Old Testament, there are at least two ways to be a false witness. Uh, let's go over those two ways. Number one is telling a destructive lie about someone. And two is holding back a constructive truth from someone. Notice that holding back a constructive truth from someone is considered by God to be as much lying as spreading a falsehood about someone. And out of these two ways to be a false witness, I want to focus on the second way described in Scripture. We all know that it is destructive to our souls and to our relationships to spread falsehoods about people, to gossip about people, and hurt others through spreading half-truths. But most of us do not recognize how holding back the truth breaks the ninth commandment and is just as destructive. So let's study its, uh, this important emphasis in Scripture. 
The Old Testament contains pages and pages of commentary on the uh, Ten Commandments, each one. And some of the commentary on the Ninth Commandment appears in the book of Leviticus, chapter 5, verse 1, where God says this. If anyone sins by not speaking up when they hear a public call to testify regarding something they have seen or heard or learned about, they will be held responsible. Now, it's not hard to imagine the scenario behind this commentary on the Ninth Commandment. Uh, Someone is accused of a crime. And a public call goes out for witnesses. Now, what do you do if you know that the accused is innocent, but the truth will implicate one of your friends or family members? Do you come forward as a truthful witness, or do you hold back the truth and allow the innocent to be punished and rationalize it that, well, at least I'm not telling a lie? Well, in Leviticus chapter 5, God says that holding back true testimony is the same as giving false testimony. It's the same as a lie and often just as destructive. This is just one case study. Uh, In the Old Testament, God devotes many pages to situations like these that require truth-telling. So using this Old Testament principle, let's try to better define the cases where God demands that I be a truthful witness. Let's study four relational instances when I must speak up. Number one is, I need to be honest when I see someone I love being self-destructive. If someone you love is showing self-destructive tendencies in the form of misuse of alcohol or overuse of prescribed medicines or is engaged in harmful relationships or making dangerous choices, you must be honest. If I fail to speak up, in the words of Leviticus chapter 5, I share responsibility as a false witness. Recently, a woman told me about her terrible divorce experience and how she was uh, still full of anger toward her ex-spouse, but how she was even more irritated with another group in her life. She had even more anger toward certain friends and family members who were nothing but smiles and giggles while she was dating her ex. But then as soon as the divorce uh, was finalized, they started to tell her how they knew he was no good for her and how the marriage was never going to work. And this woman was not blaming these friends. But in her pain, she kept asking, how could these people say they love me and then just keep silent while being convinced that I was making a life-scarring mistake that would alter the trajectory of my life? Listen, I'm not saying that you should step in with your opinion in places where it is not your business. But if you say that you love someone like a close friend or a spouse or a parent, a brother, sister or a child, and you see them engaging in self-destructive behavior, you need to be honest. 
in Galatians, uh, God says through the Apostle Paul in chapter 6, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. God commands us to confront each other with honesty when we are on a destructive path. It is not loving to be timid with the truth when damage is at stake. Love speaks up. We must care enough about each other to confront each other when we're on a destructive path. But here's another instance where God calls for truth. Number two, I need to be honest when I see someone I love hurting someone else. Now, in some cases, this is not only God's command. This is the law of the state. Uh, The words of Leviticus and the words of the state are the same when it comes to child abuse. If you are aware of child abuse and you are not honest about it, you are held responsible as a false witness. But, of course, there are many less extreme examples and cases that demand my honesty. For instance, God may uh, call me to approach a friend saying, Hey, I've got to be honest. Um, You are making uh, your husband or your wife the butt of a lot of put-down humor last night. Talk to me. Is everything okay? Or you may say to a co-worker, Hey, um, you know the way you... uh, you were tough on your assistant's uh, presentation. Um, I think that I think he was really hurt, and uh, maybe you should just have a follow-up conversation. Or if I'm a student, I may need to uh, be bold enough to say to a friend, uh, "The way you treat the younger kids at school it sure looks a lot like bullying to me." And I've got to be honest: you need to stop it, or I will. It comes down to this: it is not loving. To be timid with the truth when someone is going to be damaged in the process. God screams when we look the other way and stay silent. If I say I love someone and if I see them hurting themselves or hurting someone else, I need to be honest and speak up. Here's another case, number three. I need to be honest when hard feelings come between me and someone I love. Uh, In the interest of honesty, I I need to be uh, frank about a strange gift that I have. Um, Newborn babies love me. Uh, I know newborn babies love me because I've been around parents who are showing off their newborns uh, just weeks old and... Whereas all the other adults uh, have no reaction, the baby has no reaction to other adults, I get the most angelic smiles from newborn babies. I was telling a pediatrician about uh, my gift, and the doctor told me that scientifically speaking, uh, newborns can't process enough to give a meaningful smile. And that uh, when a newborn smiles, it is usually because a baby is releasing gas which uh, puts a new light on my gift. And uh, uh, this pediatrician announced this uh, releasing gas fact around some of my friends, and all my friends confirmed that this is my gift, and uh, I have the same effect on them. Uh, Anyway, 
I, uh, I learned that if you see a smile on a newborn, uh, it has little correlation with what is going on inside. The, I mean, you know, emotionally, you know, I mean. And uh, the sad fact is that this can be the same with adults. Uh, a lot of adults give smiles to people on the inside when they're full of anger and bitterness on the inside. Being honest in my relationships means that I communicate honestly about conflicts that arise in the natural course of relationships. If I have hard feelings on the inside and a phony smile on the outside, I am being a false witness and I'm breaking the ninth commandment in God's eyes. Misunderstandings take place in every relationship. And the only way to resolve conflicts is to um, be honest about the hard feelings. I once had a, uh, a neighbor named Ray who uh, just about ruined my front lawn. Uh, actually, Ray didn't ruin my front lawn. It was his dog, Cracker Jack. And uh, several times a day, Ray let Cracker Jack out and the dog would run directly from my neighbor's house over to my front lawn uh, to do its business. And uh, when I went out to, to clean up after uh, Cracker Jack, I kept saying to myself, the Christ-like thing to do is just to stay quiet and not complain. But inside, I was seething. Uh, Cracker Jack would run directly over to my lawn and then run directly back home. And in my mind, I imagined Ray spending hours training his dog to do this and uh, doing it in a way to a diabolical plan to ruin my lawn. And then I started to have my own diabolical thoughts about how I could arrange an accident for uh, Cracker Jack. And uh, that's when I had a change of heart and I decided to uh, stop staying quiet and uh, that I was not being Christian. I was being chicken. And uh, by holding it in, I was allowing hard feelings to create a barrier between me and my neighbor. So I went over to Ray in a kind of a jovial approach. I said, Ray, I love Cracker Jack. Uh, but just like the, uh, a box of Cracker Jack has a prize inside, uh, so does your dog. And uh, I keep finding his prize on my lawn. Can we, uh, can we talk about that? And we had a good, honest talk. And you know what? It seemed like a disaster uh, because after I complained about my lawn, he brought up about the dandelions and on my lawn infecting his lawn and how I was parking my car too close to the property line and uh, other neighbor offenses. And I thought to myself, forget this truth telling thing. It doesn't work. Uh, but now I know that Ray and I were just entering the tunnel of truth. When you go into the tunnel of truth, it is dark and noisy at the beginning. Uh, when you start being honest, the other person starts being honest too. And it can be a little scary. But if you keep working through the tunnel of truth, you will see light at the end. And you'll come through on the other side of the mountain. Ray and I came out the other side of the tunnel. I took care of my dandelions, uh, Cracker Jack, had a mysterious death. No, I, I actually, uh, Ray uh, took Cracker Jack and kept him on a leash, and uh, our relationship grew, and so did our lawns. Uh, the tunnel of truth is hard, 
but it's infinitely better than slamming into a mountain of unresolved anger and unspoken bitterness. If there are some hard feelings between you and someone in your life, don't be timid about the truth. Refusing to enter the tunnel of truth with your neighbor is being a false witness against your neighbor. And it's breaking the ninth commandment. And this principle goes to a spiritual level as well. Sometimes the person that I need to get honest with is God. I can be at peace with every person on a horizontal level and still be torn up on the inside because I have major conflicts with God. There is nothing more important in this life than making sure I resolve my conflicts with God. It is okay to be angry. It's okay to have hurt in my relationship with God. But it's not okay to leave it that way. And it's not okay to pretend that I'm at peace with God when I am not. And it's not okay to let unconfessed sin destroy my relationship with God by creating a barrier between me and God. God came to earth in the person of Jesus. And when we study Jesus, we see something very interesting. Jesus identified with Sabbath breakers who broke the fourth commandment. Jesus liked hanging out with adulterers who broke the seventh commandment. Jesus socialized with thieves who broke the eighth commandment. But Jesus was deeply annoyed with liars who broke the ninth commandment. Jesus reserved his harshest words for people who broke the ninth commandment by refusing to be honest with other people, but most importantly, refusing to be honest with God. Jesus had a hard time with the Pharisees who thought of themselves as righteous compared to everyone else. Jesus called them hypocrites. And Jesus and the Gospels borrow this term hypocrite from the Greek theater. Uh, And it means that when it comes to God, the Pharisees were hiding behind masks of untruth. I think I know why Jesus was so hard on those who would not get honest with God. Jesus saw that by lying to God, the Pharisees were putting themselves out of reach of God's forgiveness and love. In 1 John chapter 1, the Bible says, If we confess our sins, if we get honest with God, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The only way anyone can experience God's forgiveness is to first get honest with God. Jesus had a hard time with the Pharisees because they pretended like they didn't need God's forgiveness, which was tragic. Because if they wouldn't get honest with God, they couldn't get right with God. The adulterer could get right with God just by confessing that sin. The thief could come clean with God and find God's forgiveness. But the liar refuses to get honest with God and can never find forgiveness. 
God calls me to confess to Him so that I can receive what I long for in this life. Every person longs for the same thing. A completely honest relationship. This message began with a reflection on the fact that we all crave the same thing. An honest friendship. At least one honest friendship in this life. God made us with this longing. This longing that can only be filled in Jesus. The only one. The one and only perfect friend. There is a relationship uh, I can have with someone who was with me since I was born and knows all my secrets. There is a relationship you can have with someone who knows every dark and broken thing in you and loves you in mercy and grace in Jesus. The relationship begins when you open yourself up to God and say, God, I confess it all. I want to come clean with you. Forgive me. And as you receive God's forgiveness through faith in Jesus Christ, you have the experience of being completely known and completely accepted. And as you experience this in Jesus, Jesus calls you to speak up about it as a true witness to your neighbor, which leads to the fourth and final instance of relational honesty implied in the ninth commandment. Number four, I need to be honest when someone I love is separated from God. Sometimes the person I need to get honest with is my neighbor who is separated from God. If I hold back sharing the truth about Jesus, I actually become a false witness to my neighbor. Let's go back to those words in Leviticus chapter 5. God says, If anyone sins by not speaking up when they hear a public charge to witness regarding something they have seen or learned about, they will be held responsible. 1,500 years before Jesus came, God expressed his feelings about witnesses who stay silent in matters of life and death. To hold back the truth when witness is demanded is being a false witness. With the ninth commandment in the background, the risen Jesus sends out his followers with these words in Acts chapter 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses. You will be my true witnesses to the ends of the earth. Jesus commands me to speak up about what I've seen and what I've learned about in a relationship with Him. It is not an option to be timid with the truth when eternal souls are hanging in the balance. It's a matter of life and death. So if you know Jesus and you've experienced the forgiveness that comes from His sacrifice and the life-changing power of His resurrection, be a true witness. Speaking up for the truth is never easy. But it's a vital part of living at the maximum. It's a vital part of God's roadmap for relationships. 